Good evening and uh, welcome to another episode of Worship with the Templar Knight. Let's hear God's call to you and his worship through his word. Um, it's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness at, by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Listen to this praise to God and pray along. You, Lord, have become my hope, my comfort, my strength, my all. In you does my soul rejoice. The darkness vanished from before my eyes, and I beheld you, the Son of Righteousness. When I loved darkness, I knew you not, but wandered on from night to night. But you led me out of that blindness. You took me by the hand and called me to yourself. And now I can thank you and your mighty voice, which has penetrated to my innermost heart. Amen. Hear God's law and his will for your life. <clears throat> The words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of the practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So whatever you wish that the others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And bow your heads and confess your sins to God. Almighty, everlasting God and Father, we acknowledge and confess that we indeed were conceived and born in sin and therefore inclined to all evil and slow to all good, that we unceasingly transgress your holy commandments, and corrupt ourselves more and more. But we are sorry for this and desire your grace and help. Therefore, have mercy upon us, most gracious and merciful God and Father. Through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, grant to us an increase in us, your Holy Spirit, so that we may recognize our sin and unrighteousness from the depth of our heart, feel true contrition and grief for them, Die to them completely and please you wholly in a new godly life. Amen. Receive these words of comfort from God. For I delivered to you as the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Confess what you believe about Christian faith. Athanasian Creed, Part 3. Whoever desires to be saved should above all hold the Catholic faith. Anyone who does not keep it whole and unbroken will doubtlessly perish eternally. Now this is the Catholic faith, that we worship one God in Trinity, and the Trinity in unity, neither confounding their persons nor dividing the essence. But it is necessary for eternal salvation that all, one also believe in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. Now this is the true faith, 
that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, is both God and man equally. He is God from the essence of the Father, begotten before time, and he is man of the essence of his mother, born in time, completely God, completely man, with the rational soul of human flesh. Equal to the Father as regards to the divinity, less than the Father as regards to humanity. Although he is God and man, yet Christ is not two but one. He is one, however, not by the divinity being turned into flesh, but by God's taking humanity to himself. He is one, certainly not by the blending of his essence, but by the unity of his person. For just as one man is both rational soul and flesh, so too the one Christ is both God and man. He suffered for our salvation. He descended to hell. He arose from the dead. On the third day, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand, Father's right hand. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming, all people will arise bodily and give accounting for their own deeds. Those who have done good will enter eternal life. And those who have done evil will enter eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Not, the one, not one cannot be saved without believing it firmly and faithfully. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We're going to go ahead with our a sermon for today, and the sermon's going to be about love. Um, Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse 20. <clears throat> Henry, Henry Drummond wrote a little book with the title, uh, the greatest thing in the world. What did he say it was? He declared that love is the greatest thing in the world. A great chapter in 1 Corinthians ends by saying, Now abideth faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Where did this thing called love come from? It came from the heart of God. We read it in his word that God is love. All love, both human and divine, came from God. God created the world and put some people in it, but he left some things undone. Who was to do to them? His people were to do them, not because of duty or fear of hell, but because they loved him who first loved them. This is the reason we have families in the world today. One day, a man and a woman meet each other. He sees something in her. And he likes it. She says she sees something in him and she likes it. And soon they fall in love with each other. That love grows. And in time, they come to a preacher and say, we want you to marry us. They marry and have children and the world goes on. The world would die if it were not for love. It all started and continues because of love. Think of some love stories of the Bible. A young man named Jacob. Jacob had left home because of fear of his brother. He met a girl named Rachel and fell in love with her. He asked Rachel's father for her, and her father said, You may have her if you work for her for seven years. Jacob said he was willing to do this. Imagine the hot days and the lonely nights that spent working for Rachel. What kept him going? the love he had for his sweetheart in his heart. 
Finally, the time came for them to marry, and Rachel's father deceived Jacob. So he had to work seven more years for her. And the Bible, in summing up the affair, describes Jacob's love by saying, it seemed but a few days for the love he had to her. Now that was, I'm telling you, that was real love back then. 14 years before you got married. Uh, there was a woman named, named Naomi, you guys remember. She had a husband and two sons. A great famine came to their country, and they had to leave and go into another country. The two sons they had fell in love with two girls in that foreign country and married them. But before long, the father had passed away, and the two sons soon followed. Naomi felt that she wanted to go back to her old home. So she said to her two daughters-in-law, Orpha and Ruth, I'm going home. Take it off. Leave it. Adios. Now, you two girls, uh, you can stay down here in your own country, and in time you will uh, surely marry again. But Ruth, Ruth, one of the uh, daughters-in-law, said to Naomi, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. For thou diest, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught by death part me and thee. That's in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. So Ruth, in her great love for Naomi, left her only own country and people and went to live with her mother-in-law. Surely there must have been some kind of great love between them. Um, David. Let's talk about David. David was a fine young man. Uh, you remember he killed Goliath, an enemy of his country, and became a hero. Then he and the king's son, Jonathan, became very close buddies. On more than one occasion, Jonathan saved David's life. In time, Jonathan died, but David did not forget his friend. He said to some of those people, did Jonathan leave any relatives that I could help? And someone said, yeah, he left a crippled boy. So David sought out for this boy, took him into his home and cared for him as long as he lived. What made him do that? It was love, love for the boy's father. The Bible also tells us to love. The Bible says, love one another. We are to love all people, not just the good and sweet, but the bad and obnoxious people also. This is the way others can tell that we're Christians. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. John chapter 13, verse 35. This is the only logical, when we see people with hearts of hatred, they don't look like Christians to us. Over and over we are told to love others, regardless of the kind of people they are. Some of the soldiers were entrenched during, uh, during the war. They saw a deadly bomb flying towards them, and they knew it would kill all of them. The one soldier acted quickly. He forgot himself and threw his body on the bomb when it landed and was blown to bits. But he saved the lives of the other men. That was love. 
He put that love in his heart. But who put that love in his heart? God did. A man was sick in the hospital for a long time. He was helpless to do anything for himself. But there was one who looked after his every need. Every time he looked up, she was right there, ready to minister him. Why did she do it? The answer is that she loved him. This was the love of one human being for another. The Apostle Paul suffered for Christ as no other person did. Why did he do it? Because he loved him. He loved him. In effect, he said, All that has happened to me doesn't matter. I gladly suffer all things for Christ. Why did he say that? Because he knew it was for the one who loved him and gave himself for him. There are two kinds of love, human and divine. Why do we have human love? Because God gave it to us. Go to the hospital. You'll see a little boy or a little girl who has had a serious operation as, as they roll him out of his room and toward the operating room. He waves his hand out to his mother and father who are being left behind. The hours go by and by and by, and the mother and the father walk the hallways and weep and pray. Why do they do this? Because they love the little boy. God is part of his nature. That's human love. Yeah, we're to love one another, and and they need to know that we love them. You go down the street, and you greet one who smiles at you as he passes by. But behind that smile, there may be a broken heart. Kipling had a sign over his fireplace that says, The night cometh. Yeah, the night of death is coming, and it may come soon for some of us. So we must love people and let them know. A certain man had a good wife. She did everything in the world she could to please him. But he never expressed any appreciation for her and for what she did. She died suddenly. And every day after that, he would go to the cemetery and to her grave. He would fall on the grave and sob. I loved you. I did love you. But it was too late to be of any joy to her. I believe in loving others no matter what they say about me and no matter what they do to me. One day it's going to be too late. They're going to be gone. And in remorse and grief, you'll say, I'm sorry. I wish I had told them of my love. So tell them that you love them. We are love to God. For what the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have done, are doing and will do, we ought to love the Lord with all our heart and mind and strength. Christ is coming back one day, and we ought to to love his appearing. We are to love his church. It's the only thing he established on earth, this earth. The only institution he has in the world. You may uh, be a member of some local church. You attend once a month and give a few cents. Do you love the church? No, for you, if you did, you would give it uh, your best. In the 30s, a poor family lost all they had in a dust storm in Oklahoma. They piled what they had left in an old car and headed for California. The father got enough work along the way to get to Santa Fe where they were stopped by a snowstorm. The wife 
was in the last stages of tuberculosis. So uh, they took her to the county hospital and she asked the nurse to send for the Baptist pastor in town. Uh, when he arrived, he could see that the woman was dying and her husband and the three children gathered around the bed. She said to one of the children, Sister, go and get Jesus. Get the money out of my pocketbook and bring it to me. The girl went to the old battered trunk and brought uh, the money, just $3.57. Then the woman said to the pastor, this is all the money we have left for my husband's work. Put it in the church. God will take care of us. A few days later, the pastor conducted her funeral with the weeping husband and children standing around the grave. The pastor said that the, as the casket was lowered into the grave, he felt that he could hear a voice over uh, San Cristo Mountain saying, Well done. Thou good and faithful servants, enter in thou into the joy of thy Lord. When I first uh, entered into the uh, Templar Order, um, I was kind of not thinking of these things either. I had changed my ways of where I was at. Uh, I drank and did all kinds of stuff that I shouldn't be, have been doing. And uh, I just uh, turned everything over to the Lord. And I knew everything would turn out all right. I was down in the dump. For all that Jesus does for us, we ought to love him. Listen to what one writer said about him. Jesus never wrote a book, but no library in the world could hold the volume of books that have been written about him. He never went to medical college, but he has healed multitudes without medicine and making no charges for his service. He never was a chef, but he fed over 5,000 people with only five loaves and two fishes and had 12 basketfuls left over. He never was a mortician, but he raised at least three people from the dead while he was here on earth. He arose from the dead himself, and an hour is coming when all that uh, are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, that they have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. John uh, chapter 5, 28, 29. Jesus never did marshal an army draft a soldier or fire a gun, but no military leader ever had more followers given him such love and devotion and voluntarily laid down their lives for his cause. Jesus never became rich in this world goods. He was even buried in a borrowed tomb. However, he owns all the gold and all the silver in this world and the cattle and on the thousand hills are his, all things have been created by him. He left his riches in heaven and became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. The Son of God on, put on humanity that sons of men might put on divinity. The Son of God became the Son of Man, that men might become sons of God. The Son of God came from heaven and to earth, that sons of men might go from earth to heaven. The Son of God suffered, bled, died on a cross that sons of men might live, that they might not perish, but have everlasting life. 
What a wonderful Christ. What a wonderful Savior. It is an absolute truth when I say that all armies that have ever marched, that all navies that have ever been built, and that all parliaments and congresses that have ever sat, and all judges who ever judged, and all statesmen who have ever spoken, and all the kings who ever reigned, all of them put together have not affected the life of man upon the earth as powerfully as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Lord and our Savior, our soon coming King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Yeah, Jesus is the greatest one who ever lived. But what is the greatest thing about him? We find it in one verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Looking towards the cross, they are laying many, many strips, of, strips on his back. And in Isaiah we read, by his stripes, by his strips we are healed. Watch them as they lay a cross on his back. They are laying... They are laying our sins on him. See him as he drags the cross along, then he falls beneath the load, then finally as they nail him to the cross where he dies. Why? Why? Why does this? Because he loved us. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. In the Psalms, men were always giving their testimony. In the Psalms 40, David says, I am sinking in the miry clay, but he came and lifted me up. And put my put my feet on solid rock and a new song in my heart. Who was the one who lifted him? It was Jesus, the one who loved him. He did that for you and me too. Often, whenever I look around, my telephone would ring and someone would tell me that someone from our church a member had just died. You know, that's, sometimes you don't know what to say to that. You rush over to their home and and their person's friends and neighbors are already there. That's good. They would be doing all they could for the weeping people and their relatives. Can we console that and offer a prayer for them? Yes. You know, one day I'll draw my last breath. My friends and loved ones will be advised. Arrangements will be made for my funeral. They will have quite a service. And the preacher or pastor will say something in a memorial service. The friends will say, he's gone now. We'll, we'll never see him again. And we'll never hear him, hear him speak again. He's gone where there are no more sicknesses, no more suffering, no more tears. For God will wipe away all tears. But we won't be in that church. Just my own worn-out body. I'll be somewhere else. I'll be up there. I'll meet Jesus. I am then going to fall down to his feet and thank him for saving me and being with me all along the way and bringing me to heaven. And I'm going to say to him, Lord Jesus, why did you do it? Why did you take care of this poor little boy that saved him and blessed him and he will say, I, I did it because I loved you. Then truly I will know that love is the greatest, greatest thing in the world. Love. 
Let's move on. Uh, ask God to enlighten your mind and heart. O oh, Heavenly Father, whose law is perfect, converting the soul, a sure testimony, giving wisdom to the unlearned and the enlightening the eyes, we humbly implore you through your boundless goodness to enlighten our blind intellect by your Holy Spirit, so that we may truly understand and profess your law and live according to it, since it has pleased most of you, and most of you, Father, most merciful Father, to reveal the mysteries of your will only to the little ones. And since you look to him alone, who is of a humble and contrite spirit, who has reverence for your word, grant us a humble spirit and keep us from our fleshly wisdom, which is the enmity against you. Bring to the right way those who stray from the truth so that we all may unanimously serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives. We ask this from you, most merciful Father, in the name of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please bow your heads and make your request to our Lord Jesus Christ. Or for their petitions, prayer. I ask you, most gracious God, preserve me from the cares of this life lest I should be too much entangled in them, and from many necessities of the body, lest I should be ensnared by pleasure, and from what whatsoever is an obstacle to the soul, thus broken with troubles, I should be overthrown. Amen. Continue your prayers, your own personal prayers. Please pray for the church and the world and what we need. Closing this small uh, service, uh, let's uh, pray the words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for joining me here today, um, this evening on uh, Worship with a Templar Night. I thoroughly enjoy giving these um, small services and small little talks. Um, <clears throat> we do have a nice order. I mean, we're very small and we're trying to grow our order to help spread the word of our Lord Jesus Christ further and to help our communities. But we need people to do that. We need a lot more people. If if being a Templar Knight is uh, something you are being a Templar and achieving a knighthood, please feel free to visit our website. You can We have a chat set up there. Um, takes a little while to get to it, so be patient. Um, or you can email us, or you can email me. If you have a prayer request, you can go to this website as well. If you have a pen and paper handy, you can write it down. It's www.americanightstemplers.com. Again, it's www.americanightstemplers.com. Or you can email me directly. That's davidr258 at comcast.net. Be more than happy to answer any questions about the Templars, about our order. Uh, we do have people that uh, are with us that are historians. They can tell you quite a bit about the uh, Templars themselves. If you have questions like that, feel free to do that. If you have prayer requests and you would like me to say some prayers for a particular situation on my podcast and and in within our order, we'll be more than happy to do that, and, and we encourage it. Um, again, that's www.americanightstemplers.com or davidr258 at comcast.net. Thank you for joining me here this evening, and may God continue to bless you and hold you in his arms, right next to his heart, so you can hear it beating. Have a good evening.